Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. I was in uh, Windsor over the weekend uh, dealing with my uh, father's stuff as we uh, pack up his condo. And so found myself uh, at the casino roaming around late Friday night. And I'm not really much of a casino guy. I don't, uh, I don't care for it all that much. But when you're in Windsor, what, what else are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so I'm, uh, I'm roaming around. Maria was up in the room. She was tired and not feeling great. So I said, well, I'm going to go down and uh, have a couple of drinks and, and roam about. And so I'm sitting at a slot machine, throwing a couple of quarters in and, uh, and enjoying a, a couple of very cold, tasty pints. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, I decide, oh, I'm done with the slot. So I'm going to go, because if you've ever been to the casino in Windsor, there's a main stage area when you walk in. And they've always got Friday and Saturday night somebody playing. And you can see it from the second floor. they got some chairs and stuff. And you can look over the railing. So I so I'm going to grab my uh, another drink, and I'm going to head over and, and watch the uh, performance for a bit. Yeah, right by the restaurants and yeah, everything, right? that's yeah. right. It's funny, the last time we were there, when my father passed, we, we stayed there, and uh, there's a big main floor in front of the stage, and there was this old guy who dances, but he does this very strange, random kind of... <laughs> two-step around the uh, around the floor. He was there once again entertaining everybody. Nice. I guess that's his thing to do on Friday and Saturday nights. So I sit there and I, I enjoy my uh, my drink and I go, all right, I'm going to mosey back up to the room. Get back up to the room. Maria's sitting there doing her thing and on the TV, I guess she had just turned it on so the uh, code comes up, the password for your Wi-Fi access. Okay. So I say to her, I say, uh, oh, did you, uh, you know, remember to put your phone on the... Uh, on the hotel Wi-Fi. She goes, oh, yeah, I already did. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I should do that as well. So I go to grab my phone. No phone. My heart sinks immediately. Now, I don't even want to say to Maria, I've left my phone in the casino. (laughs) I don't know if you know this about casinos. They're really big. Right. There's a lot of slot machines. Should have told her you pawned it to keep playing. <laughs> I've lost everything. <laughs> um, so I, I scurry back down. And, you know, so between the time I had been sitting at the slots and when I had gone over to watch the, 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 the band play, to the time I got back up to the room, it was probably a good half hour, 40, 45 minutes. So I scurry back down, and of course, you know, you can't tell one slot machine from the next. I, I don't really remember where I put the phone down. I kind of have a vague idea. So I go, and there's uh, what I believe is the slot machine that I was playing. There's this little old lady, and, and I say to her, did you happen to see a cell phone here? She said, no, I didn't. Sorry. I said, okay, no problem. So now I'm in full panic. I just don't know what the hell to do. So you hadn't told Maria, so you didn't try calling it. Uh, no. Oh, no, I told her right away. I think oh. I've left my phone in the casino, and I just left before she could yell at me. Gotcha. I just scurried down. Right. So then I, I find a, a, one of the employees, and I say, I explain my story. He goes, oh, yeah, it's, it's probably down um, in the lost and found on the first floor. Okay. So I scurry down there. And just as I get down there, there's a security guard coming out of this office, and I say, where's the lost and found? He says, it's right there. I said, oh, I, I lost my cell phone, or I left my cell phone at, at a slot machine. He goes, oh, I just brought one in. Mm. So I'm like, oh, thank God. So I go in. I talk to the lady. It's a whole thing. Like casinos, I understand they've got to, like, lock down and protect everything. Yes. But it was almost a cavity search (laughs) to get my phone back. (laughs) I'm like, no, the phone's not that important. You can keep it. (laughs) I didn't lose it there. No, that's right. (laughs) That's where I normally keep it. (laughs) 
I forgot to insert it again. <laughs> so I, uh, so we go through this whole rigmarole and um, a lot of questions. I said, look, and she goes, okay, is it locked? I said, yeah. She goes, what's the password? So I gave her that. And she's behind a desk, so I can't really see it. But she, I don't know, she hits a couple of buttons, and then she hands it to me. Maybe she screwed it up and didn't do it right. She goes, okay, you do it. She goes, but lay it face up right, and, and then put the password in. So I do, and it opens, and she goes, okay, fine, the phone's yours. And then she looks up at one of the cameras and gives it a thumbs up. Yeah. Like, they are watching everything constantly. Oh, for sure. Even last time we were there, we were hauling some uh, some half-finished booze bottles through the lobby, and we had gone to self-parking instead of valet the first time. So security stopped us. You can't even walk through the casino. You can't bring, like, booze in oh, and out. No, right? Yeah. You can drink in the casino. You but drink you can... their booze. So... So uh, this one security guard says, hey, sorry, we got to have somebody escort you to your car. So I had to wait for somebody. And, uh, and then this other security guard comes, and he walks us. And he goes, you know what, that's, that's a new security guard. This, this really isn't that big of a deal. You could have gone through. He goes, but the problem is I'm walking you now, and they're watching. So right. we have to continue walking together. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't get away with that. Cause I, and then some employee was telling me, I guess there was a big crack down there recently because there was a bunch of fraud going on. and. I'm sure. I mean, that, that there's a lot of that stuff happens. Because yeah. as much as there's people who are in there, one to play, mm-hmm. two like yourself, just to drink and watch. Yeah. There's a third element that's there just to prey on people. Yeah. Right. The people right. who are are either loose with their cash and their chips. Yeah. Or loose with their booze and have had too many. Yeah. And so there, there's some there just to take advantage. Yeah, I was also told I didn't realize this, and it makes sense. So there's there's your uniformed security roaming around mm-hmm. all the time, and they're everywhere. But then there's a lot of people, security on the floor, dressed as plain clothes. Oh, people. for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I get back up to the room. So I, I get my phone. I'm I'm hauling back up to the room. I wanted to stop for one more drink, but I said, I oh, don't forget it. We'll go back up. And uh, and my phone rings, and it's Maria. And I said, Yeah, I found it. I'm on my way back. And I get to back to the room, and she goes, That's it. You're done. I let you go out and have a little fun. You are locked down in this room now. 94.9 The Rock. And so, well, P, of course, and somewhere out there, I uh, I saw them um, Sunday night in, uh, in uh, Windsor at the casino. And it was uh, funny because uh, Rain, uh, throughout the show a few times, would say, this is the final show on our U.S. tour, and we're so happy to be wrapping it up here in Windsor. But the way he said it made it seem like he thought Windsor was a part of the U.S. Now, okay. he's Canadian, and right. I believe him and his wife, they had property down there at one point. Okay. Um, and so it was funny that he said that a few times, but there is that thing, too, when you get uh, past uh, west of uh, of uh, of uh, w- uh, London, where... It, you know, for so many Windsorites, uh, they think that we think that Ontario ends at London and that they're not included in this province. And uh, and they do see themselves uh, very much uh, as Americans. So maybe he was just playing off of that as well. Right. And then I heard this comedian. You know how I've gone on and on about uh, journeys don't stop believing and how it's their national anthem. Well, there was uh, when you were last doing play by play in Detroit. And you said they had played it in the arena. Of course. You know, it really is their national or or state anthem, I guess. But this comedian made a terrific point that, you know, it goes on about from South Detroit 
growing up in South Detroit, which Windsorites believe they are South Detroit. But then the line is taking a midnight train to anywhere. Right. Basically saying, I'll, go, the hell out of here. I'll go on a midnight train <laughs> to anywhere just to get the hell out of Windsor. I don't think they see the insult in no. that song. Anyhow, it is. And, and until you told me about that, mm. I, had, I don't think I'd ever actually looked at a map mm. closely of Windsor. It's very south. It is south of Detroit. Like, you, you just assume, you know, growing up in the GTA, yeah. that, okay, everything below us in southern Ontario is south, and then further south of that is the U.S. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at a map, it's, it, Windsor is the southernmost point of Canada. Right. Uh, it lines up with northern California. That's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's down there, all right. And they really do. They love themselves uh, as Americans. They certainly do. Now, speaking of concerts, uh, I just read that Adele and Ed Sheeran have declined King Charles' invitation to perform at his coronation. Really? On May 7th. Um, a source says uh, King Charles is uh, very upset about this. He was keen that they were to be a part of the concert. They are titans of showbiz. They're very, very British and known across the globe, so he really thought that would have helped enhance his celebration. But they both bailed. Ed said he was unavailable because he's performing in Texas the night before and wouldn't be able to get back on time. Adele hasn't said anything. Really? So, at this stage... What do they want Ed to play? Castle on the Hill? Like I don't know, maybe. Like, <laughs> does yeah. that work out for him? Like I'm trying to think of other... Are there other British artists, current British artists, that are as big as those two? Off the top of my head, I can't think of any. Harry uh, Styles, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely so. But I, I, I think Adele would be kind of the marquee. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elton's been on his uh, goodbye tour for. Oh, I'm sure he'll show better up. part of a decade. Yeah, but then, <laughs> mind you, he was a big fan of Diana's. So. Yeah, I don't know that him and Charles have a lot of dinners <laughs> together. I don't think Charles is too keen on having Elton sing "Candle in the Wind" again. Um, I, I, the lineup currently has Lionel Richie. Spice Girls. Well, there's oh, a dated Lord. British okay. performer. And it's rumored that Harry Styles will play as well. So, Yeah, I think King Charles is in for a bit of a rough go. You know, he's wanted that gig forever. But you're replacing the star of that family. Right. It's very tough to put out her spotlight and her flame. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, you know, the, the original person to take over after The Tonight Show, Johnny Carson. Who wants that gig? You're never going to live up to what everybody remembers. And I don't think he's going to as well. Plus all the baggage he brings with say, him. He, he, does, he doesn't come in with a clean slate no, either. No. It's not like people were highly anticipating, oh, can't wait till he takes over. Yeah, and she got the gig so young, she didn't have enough time in her life to screw anything up. Right. You, know? you remember after she died in that very kind of heartfelt speech she had recorded when she was like, 21 about for, for all of my life i will be dedicated to this right. and you know and when the war was on she'd be walking with the general public looking at all the the damage done to london with the bombings from germany and so she she had a lot of check marks in the good column on her resume and he's just got you know wanting to be a tampon having an <laughs> affair this kind of thing when you were a kid growing up, did you think you were your parents' favorite? Did you believe one of your siblings was their favorite? Uh, people were asked about sibling rivalries, and among people who have at least one sibling, most say there was a rivalry uh, when they were a kid, and many say there still is. 
Not surprisingly, middle children were the most likely to say there was friction both both growing up and now. Mm. Uh, they were also asked about various traits they have compared to their siblings. The oldest siblings were most likely to say they were easygoing, responsible, organized, confident, smart, and successful. Well, that's quite a resume. The middle children were most likely to say they were family oriented and athletic, and the youngest was the least likely to say almost all of those things, but the most likely to say they were the funniest. And I, I've heard that of the youngest children in a family because they, they got to do anything to get attention. Right. They're kind of lost in the shuffle. Or that they just got away with more. It's also, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. Older siblings will always hold a grudge against younger ones because the older ones took all the brunt. Right. Because their parents were younger. So they had the patience. I remember um, when I was a kid, one of my uh, good friends was the third or the fourth child born. And he had two older sisters and an older brother. And he was obviously a surprise baby because they were, I think, double digits. Like, I think even the one closest to him was like 13 when he was born. Yeah. So by the time he came around, the parents were like old. They had, or they seemed really old. (laughs) He got away with murder. Right, you know, they they there was they just did not have the patience or time to say no to him on anything. Uh, but it is interesting with 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 fighting with siblings and uh, animosity uh, between them. I certainly had it with my sister and I saw it with both of my boys. They're of course older now, so they they're probably never going to be best friends. But they do seem to at least now show interest in each other's lives when they see each other. Probably helps that one's in none of it. Yeah. We'll see what happens yeah. when he moves back. <laughs> but they only have to, because they only have to spend some holidays and Christmas together, mm, basically, at this tolerate. point. Tolerate. Yeah, and, and I don't think they'll ever live under the same roof again. Certainly, uh, my youngest has no interest in wanting to move back home, and I can totally appreciate that when you've been out on your own for a while and have your own place. To move back into mommy and daddy's doesn't sound like fun. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have wanted to do it. But uh, they do as they age. They seem to, uh, to to settle down. But for many, they don't. Those those that anger sticks around forever. It's a, it's a resentment that yeah. continues. Yeah. First off, I don't know if I was my parents' favorite, and I was an only child. <laughs> Your dad still up in the air. Wait, him and I. It's funny. Him and I were out talking the other day, and he said to me exactly that. He yeah. said, "I don't know if he is my favorite child. I don't think so." Yeah. Um, but in raising my boys, because I was an only child, I didn't have a sibling, but I've watched a lot of my friends and with their siblings. Yeah. I mean. It was incredible to watch just the the, the bickering and the arguing, the yeah. fighting that went on. It was also awesome because you could just sit and watch a fist fight happen right. for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> now, did it did it um, growing up as an only child was it for the most part fine, or did you ever say to your parents, "Hey, how come I don't have a brother and sister?" Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, there there are benefits and detractors, right? Because right. yes, if, if what you're starving for is attention, then you get it all. It also means all the attention is on you right when things go wrong there's no one else to blame it on right good point and, and there were times where you know you just wanted it was lonely mm, sure you wanted to have you know like i tell my boys like i, I made you a friend <laughs> right <laughs> you don't have to be best friends yeah. but yeah. you're always going to be brothers and you got an ally and when i see uh siblings that that can't get it together as adults yeah they can't put the crap that happened in the past. Sure, you were kids. Mm. And sure, there was animosity and you lived together and, and, and whatever may have happened at that point. It's hard to believe that some can't put that behind them ever. Yeah. Um, 
I know that uh, from from stories I've heard, I, I, I know of um, people who uh, have gone into therapy to to deal with child what they believe to be their childhood traumas mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, maybe their siblings getting more than them or. Maybe they weren't as good in school as their siblings, and so the uh, the other siblings got rewarded for that. Or even the opposite is true. Sometimes, you know, the squeaky wheel uh, gets all the, what's the saying, gets the oil? The grease, yeah. Gets the grease. Because if you got one kid who's doing really well and never screwing up, yeah. they're fine. It's the one who's getting into trouble that's getting all the attention. Um, and then, you know, you... Uh, with your father passing recently, unfortunately, your sister had passed before, mm-hmm. but so you don't have to go through what is can sometimes be a real rivalry after parents go, well, right? You know, it's interesting. Yeah, well, it's interesting for, for both you and I now, both your mom and dad are still upright, and that's terrific. There will come a day where you'll you'll find, and that day will happen uh, inevitably. It's it's good and bad. You know, there's one side of it. It's a it's a little overwhelming, and I hate that word because it's all on your lap. Mm. You know, uh, it also you know it's, it's interesting. Like when my mom passed, it's all based on who you believe uh, in your family who who can be more independent. Right. So I I was always really concerned had my dad died before my mom because she was so. He did everything. Right. She never paid a bill. She was reliant. 100%. She didn't drive. She did not. I, I would have had her in my basement. Wow, really? And there would have been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> I loved her to death, but you can only spend so much time with your parents. Um, so when she died, he he sailed on, you know, he went through his grieving and all of that, but he was able to carry on on his own up until the day he died. Right. I mean, I never had to baby him in any way. Uh, when he did, so when my mom died, everything was just on my dad's lap and it, easy enough. Their house was their house. Their accounts were their accounts. Life carried on. Now... It's all me kind of clearing up his estate. And let me let me tell you, the Venn bar is set way low. He didn't have much. <laughs> but even then, it's a, it's a lot of work. Right. Like, I know, you know, so you have to look at your situation the same way. Being an only child, you and I are orphans. Right. Um, you know, or at least I am now. Right. But, um, uh, yeah, you're going to have to probably look at that one day and go, well, boy, who do I kind of, not that I want either of them to go, but... What will make life easier for me? Right, yeah. Because you still got your own life. Kids to raise, your wife. I mean, you can't be there to kind of baby your parents. And watching some people as they have aged and and gotten to that that, that point where they're preparing Mm. uh, for for it to go. Then, you know, and watching them kind of divvy out things. Right. And to do it before you pass so that there isn't an argument over stuff afterwards. Because it is amazing to watch with siblings what some hold on to yeah right and and uh like dishes i i loved that one and that was my favorite and you're, you're just grasping at things mm. and the, the the wars that can happen in families it's just amazing well what i'm noticing now we're going down to windsor this weekend to do exactly that start sorting through all his stuff get rid of his clothes and all pack up all his dishes and if it were me uh, i would toss it all mm. uh i don't need it i don't want it I, I really am trying my best to declutter in my life, 
But both of my boys are adamant they want it all brought back. Oh, really? Yeah, like even like an old stereo that kind of barely doesn't work. Right. You know, they want that brought There's back. There's a nostalgia. For them, there is. And I don't remember ever having that for my grandparents. Like, I don't, but then maybe I just don't have that because, you know, I'm ready to pack up and get rid of everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my family included. Um, so even there, we have a little bit of a battle. Uh, and I understand David's like, well, you know, Grandpa had some great dishes, like nice, you know, sets. I, I need dishes one day. Daniel needs dishes one day. You know, why wouldn't we uh, we take them? So there is that. But, yes, being an only child, the positive of that is when your parents do go, you don't have to fight with anybody. Right, yeah. You'll make all those decisions. Yeah, and I look at my boys and think, again, you don't have to be best friends, but yeah. you're always going to be brothers. Yeah. And if... If when that time comes where I'm, uh, you know, about to to shed it, mm. if if there's an oasis like Gallagher Brothers situation happening, <laughs> right. I'll look back and be completely disappointed. Yeah, I did. I was worried about that. Yeah, yeah, I really was. My boys hated each other, and if, I was really concerned about they would that they would go through life with like them that. as adults, and if they can't be in the same room, yeah. If, some, if someone's throwing millions of dollars yeah. at them and they can't get it together, boy, I would have failed. Yeah. Well, I don't know that it's your failure. No, but I would have felt, I'd feel that yeah. way. I, I can see that. Uh, one last point on, on sibling, uh, sibling rivalry. I, I read this uh, sometime back, and I thought it was very interesting. You can take uh, a brother and sister, two brothers, two sisters, as adults, take them separately into a room and ask them, what was life like growing up? You take, you can take Evan and Christian, <laughs> oh, Daniel or David. Sure. Take them separately. Say, what was it like growing up in that house with your mom and dad? Both of them will have two different realities. Yeah, oh, for sure. And then you go, how is that possible? We live day in and day out together. Yeah. But they'll see it completely different. And, and life, and, and in some senses, it's not fair. Right. Right. I, I admit, I will yell. If the two of them are screwing up, sometimes I'll yell at Evan. Right. And he'll be like, why me? I said, because you're older. Right. You should know better. Right. You're tougher on him. Right. Yeah. I, 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 and sometimes I'll be tougher on him. And sometimes I'll be tougher on Christian because he's, he seems to take the weak role all the time and try to put the blame on his brother. Right. So I'll throw it on him for that. Right. Uh, so, but then again, life isn't supposed to be fair. <laughs> no, it's not. But I'll say this about that because I believe this to be true about my boys. Sometimes you'll go out because I would go after David harder than Daniel. Right. But, but that's because Dan, David and I are too similar. Mm. So our personalities clash because we're too alike. Daniel's very much like his mother. David's like me. You might get more angry at Evan because he's personality-wise more like you. Right. And you butt heads. Well, we, we do. And it'll get harder. But in the end. And, it, <laughs> and one day, your head's going to be weaker and his is stronger. <laughs> Back from the family day weekend. Uh, must have been a tough balance for you between uh, Adrian, the boys, and the hider and the kids. Right. Uh, did you get to spend any time with the hider and those children? <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, come on now. No, you didn't spend any time. That's so disrespectful. Hockey rink, to hockey rink, to hockey rink. Do you have the other kids in hockey as well? So you got four kids playing hockey. <laughs> the, the, tons, tons. <laughs> Sponsor the entire province. Look, at, I think even Adrian would accept the fact that the hider deserves a little time. Right. You know, I didn't get to see my hider. No, no. <laughs> she didn't want to she'd wanna, she'd wanna see me. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Uh, I hope you uh, enjoyed your family day weekend, whatever you got up to. May I ask a personal question? Okay. Not about the hider, something else. When you pee, how long do you think you pee for? Uh, I've never timed it. Uh, certain times after drinks, mm. be a lot longer than others. 
but I would say probably uh, somewhere like 15, 20 seconds. That's good. Uh, 21 seconds is the exact time you're supposed to pee for if you got a healthy bladder and stuff going. Okay. Seems that um, every animal, humans, all of us, mammals, I guess, every animal that weighs more than 6.6 pounds empties their bladder in 21 seconds. And uh, supposedly that is the uh, the perfect time. So uh, grab a stopwatch the next time you go for a pee and see. Says if you uh, take less time than that, you went to the bathroom too soon. If you take more time, you went to the bathroom too late. Okay. That seems weird, though, because going to the bathroom too late usually builds up the pressure, and then you really got to pee fast and hard. Right. Well, sometimes, especially like at a concert, mm-hmm. when it's not easy to get to the bathroom, and you've mm-hmm. had a couple of pints, like by the time you get there, it feels like you're there for a couple of minutes. Yeah, true. 21 seconds. I mean, it takes me that long just to get it out of my pants. Because, you know. You got to find it? No. <laughs> I got to. It's like the Dirk Diggler going on in there. <laughs> it's a lot of. I have to have my zipper on my pants. Untangle it. Extended. <laughs> and then you go for sizing on jeans. You go, okay, I need this waist, this length, and I need an inch and a half on the zipper. <laughs> you look like parachute pants. That's right. Them. That's why I sit down to pee. <laughs> um so yeah, if you if you uh, either way, peeing, holding it, or going too early, you're doing a disservice to your bladder and training it wrong. I didn't even know your bladder needed training, but I guess it does. So what happens then? You know, like a lot of people will go like a final pee before bed or mm. something like that, but you don't really need to go. You just want to empty the bladder. You're just trying to empty it out. Yeah, you're training your bladder to have to go more. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know uh, with men, especially aging, uh, that your pee flow will slow up. And that's usually got a lot to do with your prostate uh, enlarging as time goes on. But anyhow, uh, they say that if you're uh, peeing less or more than 21 seconds, it could be a sign of something. Prostate issues, bladder uh, bladder issues, and it's uh, worth talking to your doctor about. Okay. <laughs> 20, now we got to count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the cell phones will be out. Mind you, they're already out, but they'll be on stopwatch. I remember calling uh, Dr. Downer's office because I was having a, a little issue in that department. <laughs> and so, I, you know, you always get the voicemail. You never get somebody and they call you back. But uh, yeah. I, I, I guess the way I left the message, the, the woman thought I was talking about some kind of erectile dysfunction. <laughs> so I go... So Dr. Downer has me in, and he sits down, and he goes, uh, so I understand you're having some issues with erectile. I went, no, 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 no. I'm good in that department. I said, plus, you know, you've already got me on the pills. So some uh, controversy in sports over the weekend. You had uh, Tiger and the whole tampon thing. Right. Now, look, I know he has uh, since apologized, and he, you know, he, it was all meant just to be in fun. But obviously, if he's walking around with a tampon in his golf bag, he had prepared for that joke. Right. You would think somewhere along the line he would have thought, oh, in woke 2023, this probably isn't going to play well. Uh, yeah, listen, they live in the same area, in Jupiter, Florida. A lot of the golfers do, Tiger and, yeah. and Justin Thomas, and then they play a lot. That would have been probably a lot funnier in a practice round between yep. the two of them. The or a private he, day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he admitted it, it was a mistake right. in judgment. And he apologized if he offended anyone. It was a joke between two friends. Yep. 
was just supposed to remain between two friends. But and how many guys have said that, you know, hey, you, you miss a putt or you're really close or you, you know, pick up your purse or a way to go Nancy. Yeah. I yep. mean, that happens on the, and it's not right, but it's just ingrained into that stupid game. So there Locker was that. room talk. Yeah, that's, that's right. A lot of that. Uh, but then he did something really nice. There was a young girl, nine years old, holding up a, a, a sign that said a bucket list. The top it was uh, had a heart surgery or heart replacement. Heart I transplant. Heart yeah. transplant. Then the second on her bucket list was to meet Tiger Woods, and then the third was to play Augusta one day. And supposedly she's quite the little golfer. She's won a bunch of championships at her at the club she plays at with her father, and uh, she usually scores. She says about thirty eight to forty on uh, nine holes. And, wow. Uh, so, so I guess Tiger's caddy saw her. Joe LaCava. And he yeah. turned to, to Tiger and said, hey, look over there. And so Tiger signed a glove for her, walked over, said hello. And, and he checked off the box yes. himself yeah. that said, meet Tiger. That's so, right. Yeah. He didn't try to hand her a tampon. No. <laughs> that wouldn't be cool. That wouldn't be cool. <laughs> Uh, and then the other controversy is you said there was uh, some people who were upset with this uh, young lady who sang our national anthem at the oh, NBA All-Star Game. Yeah, Canadian, Julie Black, and uh, a recognized uh, Juno Award-winning artist. And uh, she was asked to sing at the NBA All-Star Game in Utah, in, uh, Salt Lake City, over the weekend. And she sang the Canadian national anthem, but changed a word. Mm. Now, I mean, it's it's been done before. And uh, and people got really upset. Remember the three tenors did that? Although they took a real stance with that when they did it at, a, at the baseball all-star game. I don't remember that. Um, uh, the Canadian tenors it was. Oh, okay. Did that. Uh, and nevertheless, it was, that was more of a, a political statement uh, than I think this was. But it's interesting, the reaction. So, of course, our, our, our national anthem, O Canada, our home in uh, and native land, she sang it as "O Canada, our home on native land." Oh, that's interesting a twist. So it it is interesting in the sense that even those that are upset that the lyrics were changed mm-hmm. feel that you know you shouldn't be changing the music or lyrics to a national anthem. All Too right. many people try to add their own spin or interpretation to right. it, make make it into a love ballad or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a national anthem. Uh, but even those, uh, many of those who are offended that she changed a lyric still agree that it's probably the right call. It, it, it is. She's not <laughs> it's, wrong. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and so it, it is somewhat befitting, uh, given recent times and, and the... Uh, all the investigations that have gone on and, and um, you know, the re, uh, reparations that Canada and the government are trying to make to Indigenous peoples of our land, that our home on Native land is a spectacular recognition yes. of all of that. Something we should consider changing. Now, sure. uh, personally, I, I mean, I don't like when people try to make O Canada into a country song. Like, it just <laughs> doesn't fit. <laughs> Right? It, it is the national anthem. Right. Don't touch it. I don't even know if she meant to do it. Mm. Uh, because she has not made a statement on this. And she didn't, it, was, it wasn't made available for comment. She didn't make a comment on it. You would think if you meant to do it, that the second you were asked about it and you were proud about it, you mm. would say, yeah, you know what, I just thought it, it fit. It worked in the moment. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. But she didn't comment at all on it. Which kind of makes me think she didn't plan it. Right. Uh, or maybe didn't even mean it. Uh, it could have been, one, she could just always 
She could have just thought that was the lyric to begin with. Yeah. She also, you know, some say aunt, some say aunt. So mm-hmm. on and and could have been just similar. Tomato, That's the way tomato. she's kind of pr- pronounced it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, when you're singing in a live environment, especially in a stadium, you've got feedback, you've got, uh, you know, fee- uh, reverb happening, all sorts of crazy stuff is happening. She would have had in-ear monitors. That might have screwed up. Mm-hmm. She might have just been kind of spaced out and said it wrong. I just like the fact, too, that she didn't acknowledge it in any way. You know, yeah. that's kind of uh, ballsy because yeah, when everybody's ranting and raving on social media, she's on to the next thing. Right. You know. Anyhow, I I, uh, I thought that was interesting. And I didn't realize this. I just read this, that uh, O Canada, our, our our official national anthem, did not become our official na- national anthem till 1980. So it's not that old. Like, it's not something that's so ingrained in us that it's been around for centuries. We sang God Save the Queen before right. uh, before O Canada. Well, and, and listen, if there are people who are upset about lyrics being changed to O Canada... Mm. The original lyrics for O Canada are the French ones. Oh, really? It's written in French. And the and the English lyrics are nowhere near <laughs> <laughs> a direct translation. Yeah. <laughs> we changed it originally. Right, so, right. And we've changed it since. Just some know that, all right, it requires Senate approval in order to be changed again. And although they might not have liked that she changed it, a lot saying, well, probably should be changed to this anyway. Well, what I understand from the original uh, anthem uh, in French lyrics, there was a lot of mention of poutine, smoked meat, and brador. <laughs> rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.